We last started the Mishnah at the bottom of Memchet Amud Bet. We were talking about if a cow was chasing another cow and hit a pregnant woman and the woman had a miscarriage as a result. According to Tanakama, the, the owner of the cow does not have to pay for the children. But if it was a human being attacking another human being and he hit a pregnant woman and, and, and she had a miscarriage, he does have to pay for the children. Tanakama explained that we assess how much a woman is worth when she's pregnant, how much is she worth when she's not pregnant. According to Rabban Shimon Mengam Liel, we assess what the woman is worth on her own, we assess what the children are worth on their own, and, we, and the man has to pay the husband. And with that, we're going to start the Gemara. I'm Mudale, four lines in where the Gemara starts, with the, by the word Tama. Tama, we're going on the case where a cow attacks another cow and hits a pregnant woman on the way she has a miscarriage. Tama, the mitkaven, the sounds like the reason the owner of the cow was patur because the cow was going for another cow. That was his intent. Ha mitkaven laisha, but if the cow had an intent to attack a woman, mishalem demev ladot, it sounds like he would have to pay for the children. Sounds like this argues on he said that if oxen had intent to attack a woman and they killed the babies, the, the owner of the cow does not have to pay for the babies. So he'll tell you now. The Mishnah, our Mishnah says, He'll tell you that even if the cows purposely attack the woman, they still uh, the owner of the cow still doesn't have to pay for the children. So what's the reason the Mishnah says that if a cow had intent to attack another cow, that's I did the cow by the That's because in the sefer we want to say if a human was trying to attack another human and hit a pregnant woman because that's what the Pasuk was talking about it the Pasuk men are fighting and they hurt a pregnant woman so since that's really what they want to talk about so they also threw those words in, in regards to the ox where an ox was trying to attack his friend another ox and hit a pregnant woman but really the halakha is that they're always patur on the children and if a ox attacked a pregnant shifha uh, kenanit, not Jewish shifha, and the, and she had a miscarriage, Meshelin de Mevlodot, he has to pay for the children. What's the reason? Because Hamatama Abarta because it's as if he killed a pregnant donkey. She's as if it's an animal. She's an item. She's just another asset. She's not a person. Because the Pasuk says in regards to the Shifha Kenanit, says in regards to Eliezer and Ishmael, stay over here with the donkey while me and Itzhak go do Akedat Itzhak. What he meant to tell them, you're like Hamorim. You're on the same level as Hamorim. So therefore, in the case of Shifha Kenanit, you have to pay for the children. Now, the Mishnah said, How do you pay for the children? So, the Tanakhama said, We assess the woman, what she's worth before, uh, while she's pregnant, uh, what she's worth after she gives birth, and you have to pay the difference. And the Gemara asks, but the mevladot veshevachladot mibale. He also has, there's two things he has to pay. Number one is whatever the the children are worth, but he also has to pay shevachladot the enhancement of what these children did to her body. She now became stronger. She now became bigger, and she's worth more. If you would sell her now as a as a slave, you would get more for her. 
So the Gemara says, "Hachinami kamei." Are you right? Yeah, hundred percent. This is what the Mishnah is trying to say. Kitzad mishalim demev ladot veshevah ladot. How do you pay the the worth of the children and whatever enhancement the, the woman had? Shaminat aisha kamei yafa achelo yolda vechamei yafa mishalda. We assess what a woman is, is worth before and after she gave birth, and he has to pay the difference. That money goes to the husband, but there's also money that you pay for hurting her, for making her suffer, and all that stuff that she gets, and not her husband. Now the Gemara goes back to the Mishnah, Marabban Shemamingam the El. He said, "Imken Opposite, when a woman gives birth, she's now worth more. So Micah Amar, what what would the Rabban Shemamingam the El try to say? So Amar Abar, Abar with the He explains, This is what Rabban Shemamingam the El tried to say. Is woman really worth more before she gives birth more than after she gives birth? A woman is worth more after she gives birth more than when she's giving birth. I mean, when when she's pregnant, she's in danger. Anything could happen. She could die here. She could get sick there. This could get damaged. Anything can happen during pregnancy. So she should be worth more after she gives birth. So Ella. Rather, he holds, you have to assess what the children are worth by themselves and pay that to the husband. So whatever the woman is worth and whatever the children are worth is separately and you both you give to the husband. And Tanyana Meachi, we have a Braita like Rabba's explanation of Rashbag, is a woman really worth more pregnant than after after pregnancy? But really, a woman is worth more after she gives birth, more than before she gets birth and she's pregnant. Rather, we assess whatever the children are worth and we give to the husband. That was Rabbah with the hey. Rabbah with an Aleph Amar. This is what Rabbah Shimon Gamdel was trying to say. Hachikatane. Vichisha, the Misha Yolet, the Bashbahat, the end of Atma, the Sheva Havladot Kulum. You're telling me that a woman, she only gives birth, meaning she all, uh, her enhancement is only to the, uh, the, her husband, the, the person who owns her? Meaning uh, the children, that's it. Meaning, what about the enhancement that happened to her body? She got uh, bigger, she got stronger during the pregnancy. Uh, she doesn't get anything? Rather, we assess whatever the children are worth we give to the husband. And whatever she was enhanced due to the pregnancy, we split between the husband and the wife. And Tanyana Miyachi, we have a Braita like uh, Rabba's explanation of Rabbi Shimon Gamliel. Does a woman uh, get enhanced only for the person who she's giving birth for? Meaning, is she only get enhanced for her husband? Meaning, only her husband gets something out of this? Meaning, she doesn't get anything? She doesn't get enhanced? Rather, we assess the damage by itself. Meaning, whatever, you know, she was originally she was healthy, now she's sick, and you, you give her whatever damage you did to her. And whatever the pain as a result of the damage, you pay her separately. So that's two. Number three, then we assess whatever the children are worth, and we give that to the husband. He was the owner. And number four, and the enhancement as a result of the, pre- the pregnancy, they split it because the, the babies made her look better or stronger, whatever it is. So the, the husband and wife split that. That's exactly what Rabbi explained. So now, so now these two bride taught, they were both in the name of they sound like they contradict one another. Meaning, in the first bride, we're trying to help Rabbi with the hey. 
it sounded like a woman after she gives birth is worth more than when she's pregnant. In the second Brita, it sounded like she's worth more pregnant than she is after she gives birth. So the Gemara explains Lakashia. No, they don't contradict one another. Kan bimakiret, kan bimakiret. Depends. If she never gave birth before, this is her first time around, then anything can happen. It's very dangerous. We don't know what could happen. Therefore, she's worth less. In the Brayta that says that she's worth more pregnant, that's if it's not her first time around, it's her second, third, fourth, fifth time around, that means we, we know it's safe for her to give birth, so she's definitely worth more. Now, according to Rabbanan, they felt that the enhancement as a result of the pregnancy also only goes to the husband. My Tama, what's their reason? So they'll tell you, like we learned, when the Pasuk says the children come out, and I don't know that she's pregnant, meaning the Pasuk says if two men are fighting, and they hurt a pregnant woman and the children come out. All you have to say is they hurt a woman and the children come out. Why do you have to call her a pregnant woman? And you know, I don't know if she's pregnant. Why do you have to say the word hara she's pregnant? It's coming to tell me that the enhancement of the woman's body as a result of the pregnancy also goes to the husband. That's what they hold. Who says they split it? So what does he do with that word pregnant? So for the following drasha, or the following halakha, that Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov holds that a person damaging a pregnant woman is not liable until he hurts her in a place which is next to her uh, pregnancy area, meaning her womb, her stomach, somewhere in that area. And Amar of Papa, of Papa clarifies, not, We're not talking about it, you heard her dafka by her womb. Meaning anywhere on the body, that if you punch it, you hurt it, and as a result, the baby could die. So, for example, if you hit her in the chest and she can't breathe and the baby dies as a result, okay, that's called uh, killing her. That's uh, and that's uh, that's That's by where the pregnant area is. Okay, what are we coming to exclude? Yad veregel de lo. Meaning, if he if he punched her in the arm or in the foot, that does not count as uh, killing the baby, and he wouldn't be uh, liable for, to pay for the children as a result. Next, we learned in the Mishnah, If someone hurt a freed slave woman who was pregnant, or a giyoret, she was married to a ger, and the, the husband doesn't have any inheritors, patur, he doesn't have to pay for the children. Rabbah holds, he's only exempt from paying, that's if he heard her when the ger was alive, and then the ger died. Why? Once he heard her while the ger was alive, then it's as if the ger acquired that money already, the money of the children. And at that point, when, when, when the ger dies, and he's holding it, it's as if he acquired it from the ger. But if you heard her after the ger dies, at that point, the woman acquired the money of the children, since, she, since she's the, the rightful owner of the children. And therefore, to pay to the woman herself. But Amar Rab Hasda, Rab Hasda told Rabba, master of this uh, statement, 
Are the children money? Are they an asset? And then she gets it when her husband dies, then it hurt her, and then she gets it. No, they don't belong to the ger, and when he dies, his wife doesn't get any inheritance from it. This is totally different rules. Ela, rather, of Hazda holds itelabal zachaler hamana. If the husband's around, then the Torah gave him the rights to the to the money of the dead children. Litelabal, but if he's not around, then lo, then the Torah didn't give any rights to anybody, and therefore the man is exempt from paying. So now the Gemara has a question on Rabbah. Rabbi, you wanted to say that if the husband died, then you have to give her the money. Metive, we have a bright that says, Hikata isha If you hurt a woman and the children come out, you have to give damages and pain to the woman. And the money of the children you have to give to the husband. And Habal, if the husband's not alive, you give it to his inheritors. If the woman's not alive, you give the damage and the pain to whatever money you were supposed to pay to her inheritors. If she was a freed slave woman, or if she was married to a girl, at that point, Zacha, the person who hit her, he acquired the money, meaning he doesn't have to pay. And that's what we're understanding. So the Gemara responds, Amre, Wait, is that right that you just brought any different than the Mishnah? How do we, what do we do with the Mishnah? We said that the, the that Rabbah held that the Mishnah was talking about where he heard her while well, the girl is alive and then the girl died and then he became patur. Well, we could say the same thing with the Braita. That uh, he heard her when her husband was alive and then the guy dies and then he's patur. But if uh, she was dead, maybe he would have to give her the money. Or you could say that maybe in the Breita we're talking about a situation where he heard where he heard her after the husband died. Utne zachta and just you know the last word where it says zacha say zachta put a taf over there and she gets the money. Listen, if we're, if we're switching around the Mishnah, then we could switch around the Breita as well. And the Gemara says lema ketanei. Let's say this machloket of Rabban of Hasda is machloket tanaim where we learned. Bat Yisrael, she said, like Gevenit Abramimenu, a Jewish girl who got married to a convert, and she ha- she was pregnant. Vehaval ba behayager, and someone hurt her while her husband, the convert, was still alive. She had a miscarriage. Noten demivladot lager, you have to pay the money of the babies. You have to give it to the convert, the husband. The harmitatager after he dies, tani hada hayav, tani hada patur. You have one brayta that says hayav, the other brayta says patur. My love, tani eninu. It sounds like it's the same machloket of Rabban of Hasda and. So Sounds like their machloket was really a machloket tanaim. So the Gemara explains. The Rabbi, you're right. Vaday tanaim he. It's for sure a machloket tanaim. And when Rabbi said hayav, he holds like that. Brayta says hayav. Either the Rabbi Hasda who said that you don't have to give the money of the children when the girl dies. Milematanei. Who says it's a machloket tanaim? Maybe lakashia. And it's a, maybe it's not a contradiction, it's a, it's a machloket. Ha-Rabbanan, the Braita that said patur, goes according to Rabbanan. They hold whatever has to do with the children, even the enhancement that happens to her body due to the children goes to the husband. And once he dies, that's it, he doesn't have to give anything. And Ha-Rabban Gamliel, the Braita that said Hayav, goes according to Rabban Shimon Gamliel, that says the enhancement that happens to her body as a result of the, the, the children being inside of her gets split between the husband and the wife. And that's why Hayav, because once the guy dies, all she gets the rest of the money. 
The Gemara explains, if it's uh, the one the Brayta says Hayav is according to Liel, then why are we talking about after the death of the husband? Even when the husband's alive, she also gets half of the, the, the enhancement that happened to her body as a result of the children. So the explains, if he hurt her when the husband's alive, she gets half. If he hurts her after her husband died, she gets the entire thing, including the, the, whatever enhancement that happened to her body. She gets the full uh, the full money, not just half. And you could say the Brayta said, "Hayav, we're talking about a situation where he hurt her after her husband died, and that's why she gets uh, all the enhancement of uh, the, the children." Or you could say, You could say that both Brayta one said, "Hayav patur." They're both a bunch of Gamliel, and Kan b'sheva havladot. The Brayta that says, "Hayav" is talking about the enhancement that happens to her body as a result of the pregnancy. Then okay, since she got some of it, then uh, then she gets all of it if the guy dies. However, can the Brayta said Patur is talking about the the children themselves that only the husband gets. So if she didn't get it, uh, she didn't get a piece of it when the husband's alive. She doesn't get anything afterwards either. So now the Gemara asks on Rav Hasda Amre. They said from the Din of what happens with the enhancement of her body due to the pregnancy, we should learn the halachan regarding to the children themselves. Meaning, according to Rav Hasdal, let's let's do a little bit of connected dots. From Rabban Shimon ben Gamliel, that he holds that when it comes to the enhancement that happens to her body as a result of, uh, uh, of the pregnancy, he said she gets half when the husband's alive, when the husband dies, she gets the full thing. So let's uh, connect the dots and say when the children die, she gets the money. The money of the children. And from what we uh, we explained in regards to Rabban Shimon Gamliel, we'll learn Rabbanan. We'll, we'll understand that from Rabban Shimon Gamliel, we're saying that the woman acquired the, the part of the ger and she gets all payments. We'll say, even according to Rabbanan, when the ger dies, the woman will get all payments. And it's a problem that Rav Hasda, who said that if you hurt her after her husband died, he doesn't have to pay for the children. So Amre, lo. So the Gemara explains, no, you, you can't compare the cases. Shevach vladot yada begavayu, behu bekulehu. When it comes to enhance, uh, the enhancement of the, of the body to, as a result of the pregnancy, because she has a hand in it, meaning she already has a half when the husband's alive, then when the husband dies, she gets the, the, the full amount. When it comes to the children themselves, since she never had a part of it, when her husband's alive, he got the whole thing. When he dies, she doesn't get anything at all. Next, the Gemara has a question. Rabbi Yavasav has a question here. If a person is holding onto documents that he could acquire the land of a ger, Rashi explains the case is someone's holding onto a document that says um, Reuven, a regular Jew, owes uh, this ger money, and if he can't pay it, then the land will go to the ger. And now the other Jew. Shimon is holding on to these documents. So the question is, Mahu, what's the halakha in regards to the person holding on to the document? Do we say, Do we say a person who's holding on to the document 
it's as if he's holding on to the land itself, meaning to him the paper is worth so much it's as if he's holding the land itself. Technically, since you're not holding on to the land, you're not there right now, then then you're also did not acquire even the paper because you're not even thinking about the paper. Meaning, if the only thing that's important to you is the land, not the paper, if you're not holding on to land, and you also, I mean, you're also thinking that the paper is worthless, then you don't even own the paper. Or do we say, that a person's also thinking about the contract itself, the paper itself, and then at least he get, if he doesn't get the land, let him at least own the paper. So Amar there, Rahman doesn't understand. Anemori, he, he asked Rabbi about uh, to, to clarify. I understand what's what's so fight about the paper. Did he need the paper to just uh, cover uh, his bowl, meaning to cover over a, a bottle of wine? What does he need that paper for? Amar this, Rabbi explained. Yeah, the question is Latsur Latsur. He wants to use it to cover a paper, meaning does he own the paper or not? That's all we're asking about. And the Gemara and Zofat know uh, answer to that question. The Rambam is posek that he does acquire that piece of paper. And anyone who uh, wants a good sugya, go look into the Lechem Mishneh and all the Mifashim on the Rambam of there. Very good. I look into it. And Amar Rabbah, Rabbah said, Mashkonosh Yisrael Biyad Ger. If a Jew gave a collateral to a, a ger, umet a ger, and the ger dies, ubay and another Jew comes in and takes the the collateral, the watch, motziin otomiado. We take it out of that the second Jew's hand. My what's the reason? Kevan demit leger Once the ger dies, whatever connection he had to this collateral has been detached, and the collateral goes back to the original owner. But if the collateral of a ger is in the hands of a Jew, and the ger dies, then another Jew walks in and holds on to that collateral. The original holder of the collateral, he acquired in that collateral whatever the ger owed him, and the rest, the person who grabbed onto it gets and the Gemara asks, Why? Let the Hatser be Kone. Meaning, uh, let's say it was a watch. The watch was in the, the original person who was holding on to the collateral uh, hands. It was in his house. So when the other person came in and took it, he took it from his Hatser and let the. Uh, but, and we should say that the person's Hatser should be Kone, even if he doesn't know about it. Person's Hatser, person's yard. Or any area that he owns acquires from him, even if he doesn't know about it. So the Gemara explains. What are we dealing with over here? The original holder of the collateral. Let's let's call him the lender. He's not in town. When the that lender is in town, he's in the area. If he wants to acquire, if he wants to hold on to it, he just walks home and acquires it. Then Kanyale Nami Hatser. Then his Hatser is Kone for him also. That means just the fact that it's out, that's good enough. But if he's not in town, if he's not in the area, that if he wants to acquire, he cannot acquire. Hatser And Hatser also does not acquire. If someone's holding on to a Ger's uh, collateral, 
if delete if the mashkon or she explains we're talking about the collateral itself is not in the hatsero if it's not in the hatser then the lokana then the, the lender is not kone but if it's in his property then he is kone and as she explains we're talking about an area that is uh, that is uh, secured that people can't just walk in the halakha is like the gemara and baba kama that a person's hatser is kone shelomidato as long as it's secured. Now, Tosafot brings a different perush. We're talking about the uh, the owner of the yard. If he's in town, then uh, then uh, he's kone, his yard is kone for him. If he's not in town, the yard's not kone for him. And uh, Tosafot brings the name of Rida. We're talking about a property that is not secured and people could just walk in. And that, the halakha is like the sugi over here. Very good to look into this mahaloket. Next Mishnah is going to be discussing damages that are caused due to a bore, a hole. And there's two types of holes. There's the hole that a person digs in a shoot harabim. It doesn't belong to him. It's just he caused it. And the second type of bore is a person making a hole or, or something, an obstacle in his property, but it's an area where people uh, go through and they might get hurt as a result. This Mishnah is talking about person made a tunnel in his property, in his backyard, but it, it opens in Rishut Harabim. He covered up the area in his Rishut Yahid and left it open in the Rishut Harabim side. That's the way the Meiri explains. So the opening is in Rishut Harabim, the hole, whatever's under the tunnel, is in Rishut Yahid. Or opposite, or or he dug in Rashut Arabim, but the opening is in his Rashut. And again, in both cases, he was mafkir his Rashut to Rashut Arabim. So people now own his uh, tunnel. Or case number three, if a person dug from under, his, let's say in his backyard, he made a, a tunnel going to the across the street neighbor. And again, he uh, was mafkir the area of the tunnel. And someone fell as a result. In all these cases, Hayav, the person who made the, the hole, is obligated to pay. And the Gemara starts with the Mahloket Tanaim on what bore are we talking about? When the Torah talked about the bore, which bore are we talking about? Tanura Banan. If a person made a hole in a shootahid in his backyard and the and the opening was to shoot a beam, or or he dug a hole in a shoot arabim and the hole and the opening is in a shootahid and he was mafkirit, if any damages happen, hayav. He is obligated to pay for damages, and this is the bore that the Torah was talking about. When the, when the Torah talked about damages happened as a result to holds, this is what they were talking about. That's the very Bishmael. And Rabbi Akiva Omer, no. Rabbi Akiva said, we're talking about a person who made his property, or let's say around the hole, he made the property have care, but the hole itself is still his. And that's the board that the Torah was talking about. When the Torah said a person has to pay for damages done through a hole, we're talking about an area, the area around the hole, a person made have care, but the hole itself belongs to him. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem le'olam, amen ve'amen.